Merry Christmas to me. Treat yourself. Welcome to Cardboard and Wine, episode 19. I'm Mamie. And I'm Josh. Grab a glass, pull up a chair, and let's talk about some games. Today on the show, it's the holiday season. So we have some gift ideas for the gamers or future gamers in your life. Mamie, we found our way back to the studio. I know, it's amazing. I think it's been six weeks? There was a podcast in October. November was completely void of cardboard and wine, but we're back. Yeah, we're back. After many travels, we are finally able to be in the same space at the same time and even play a few games. Yeah, we have, we've alluded to work travel in the past, but between the end of September and Thanksgiving was probably the most intense period of, of travel that we have had since we've been married. Yeah, I think there were nine trips. Yeah, nine trips in that span of time. A lot of them my work, a few your work, and then some travel together. But finding time for any gaming at all was really challenging and podcasting even more challenging. But we are back and plan to be back going forward from here. And we have gotten to do a little bit of gaming. And one of those weekends that we happened to both be in town was the weekend of the Heavy Gaming Con here in Apex, North Carolina. Yeah, that was a really great event, and I was super excited that the weekend for that event was sandwiched in between all of those uh, those travels. Uh, this was the second local heavy game con here in Central North Carolina. The first one was in the spring, and we had to miss that one, but um, this one I was excited we got to attend, and this was hosted by um, a member of the gaming community here in Central North Carolina, Jeff, and he was generous enough to open up his really amazing and perfect for hosting a game con home. <laughs> yes, it definitely made me rethink what we're looking for in our future home purchases. Yeah, this was a, a f- I'll call it a finished basement, but it was so much more than that. It was uh, just the perfect game space, geek cave, um, just plenty of room for tables. And and just to set the stage, um, I think we posted this on our Instagram at Cardboard and Wine if you want to see a photo from that. Uh, But I think around 30 gamers, so just tables um, in this really welcoming, inviting space, lots of Star Wars paraphernalia, just a really, really awesome and welcoming space. And he was such a great host. I think you even played, uh, played a game with Jeff. Uh, but special thanks to uh, to him and to Adam, who was the, the guy who helped organize this event. So I would be looking forward to participating in this event again in the future. It was a great way to meet some additional gamers here in our part of the world. Yeah, it was an awesome event. I was only able to get over there for the afternoon. But yeah, I, as Josh alluded to, Jeff taught me how to play Great Western Trail, which was super fun. Yeah, what did you think of that one? I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, a new game to me. I don't think it's a new game in general, but it was it was really neat. It was a little bit complex at first, but kind of once you get the hang of it, it's sort of the same mechanism over and over again. You're kind of building your engine, and it was a lot of fun. Cool. I was able to to be there a little bit longer than, than you were. I got there um, first thing in the morning, uh, and really, I guess I spent from 9 a.m. until about close to midnight <laughs> there. But a few games I got to play, got to play um, a quick two-player game of Root, which was which was pretty fun. Um, that's one that, that we've been playing a decent amount. But then what I was really excited about doing, and sort of a con environment is the great place to do this. So I'd say the high point of my day was getting in a six-player game of Dominant Species. 
Ooh, that's a game that I really enjoyed the time that we played. Which species did you play this time? So I was the amphibians this time. Oh, how did, how did that go? Um, well, I didn't win, but I felt pretty good. Um, the amphibians start out, you have an extra type of element that you are able to, to utilize. So you're a little more malleable on where you can be in the board. But just really, really a great time. And I think within that group, we had some experienced players and we had a couple of folks who had never played before. But, you know, for a game as heavy as it is, the rules are approachable enough that I've noticed new players are able to really jump right in and compete pretty quickly. But yeah, it was just a ton of fun. And to me, that is a game, if you like, uh, if you can handle a little bit longer game, you've got six people together, because sometimes that can be an awkward number to have six people. You know, a lot of games play well with four or five. But to me, that was just super awesome to play it with that full player count. Yeah, so much fun. We'll have to break that one out again soon. I think you also, um, while I was playing Great Western Trail, you were playing the original version of Vinos, right? Yeah, so I actually left and uh, took a break to go get some coffee. Uh, came back and um, a couple folks that I know were just reading through the rules of Vinos, which obviously we know quite well because we reviewed it on the show. However, this was the original Vinos that came out in 2010, um, not the updated um, deluxe edition with the Ian O'Toole graphics. And, and they were certainly struggling with the rule book. So I came over and was like, oh, Vinos, I know that one really well. Uh, would you like me to help you learn it? And they were you know, very interested in me doing that. And then I quickly <laughs> realized the board was completely different. And the iconography was totally different than what I was used to. So uh, it took me a little bit of time to wrap my mind around it too. However, that was a really fun experience and got me extremely interested in breaking out our copy that has the original version on one side of the board of the new updated version on the other side and actually playing that original 2010 version. Yeah, that sounds fun. We'll have to give that a try. Hopefully, now that the holidays are here, we're going to have a little bit more time to play some games. Yeah, I hope so. And it's pretty cool. The The wine fair works completely differently than in the version that we've played a lot, the 2016 version. And then there's this whole bank that you have to use to to spend money from so instead of oh, just getting really different instead of just getting money chips um, which there is some of that you uh, put them in the bank and so you have to utilize your bank account and that's yeah, kind of interesting it was a fun fun experience and then uh the last big game of the night for me was was container this is when um, you all were wrapping up great western trail this really great guy ray that i met who i'd actually met previously we ended up playing all four of these games together um he taught Container, which is a game I've been wanting to play for quite some time. And which you immediately purchased. Yeah, I, I immediately <laughs> fell in love. This is the type of game that is 100% my jam. Uh, it's sort of an economic game, but the rules overhead is pretty straightforward, pretty light, but there's so much depth of gameplay and interaction. And, you know, I think of all the games that I have played, that one reminds me the most of a splatter game that's not a splatter game. I could see that. We've played it a couple times since our copy arrived, and it's definitely been fun. It's, you know, I think like you said, it's a game that the rules overhead is not super intense, but there's a lot of choice and a lot of decision making. Yeah, we've played that one a few times uh, since we got it, and and we got the Jumbo edition. We played, uh, it's quite Jumbo. It is quite Jumbo. I think you could kill someone with one of those boats. It's definitely heavy. <laughs> you don't want to chuck that at somebody. Yeah, those boats don't actually float. No, I'm pretty sure they would sink. Yeah, but uh, but that's been a lot of fun. But anyway, that's just a little bit about some of the games we've been playing. Um, I have, I guess, sort of one other bit of gaming news. I ran out last night to do a secret errand, and that was to pick up a couple of decks of Keyforge from our local gaming store. Yeah, I thought that errand might be Christmas-related, but nope, just game store. <laughs> no, it was. Merry Christmas to me. 
<laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> so we'll break those out sometime in the next couple weeks. Yeah, these decks have been sold out a lot of places. I imagine, you know, a few months from now, all the gaming stores and Amazon will be flush with these things. But, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about Keyforge, but uh, my goal would be to convince you to play this with me quite a bit in the next couple weeks. And maybe we can talk about our initial thoughts next time on the show. Sounds like a good plan. All right. Did you notice the wine we're drinking tonight? I not only noticed it, I have been sipping on it. So I picked a special wine for our return since it's been a while. This is the Klein 2017 Old Vine Zin. Oh, Klein, that sounds very familiar to me. I was going to say, do you remember why Klein is special? Well, we have been there in person. We have. um, On our first ever trip to Sonoma, I think maybe the first vineyard and winery that we visited was Klein. Yeah, I definitely have fond memories of, of Klein. It was, I think, I think we might have even gone to that one twice. Yeah, I think we stopped on the way out because the other couple we were with ended up joining their wine club. That's right. Yeah, and no, I'm a big fan of Klein. Um, and I actually was out in California um, a couple of years ago for a work trip and a colleague and I went up there again and sat on their beautiful patio and ordered some wine and I think we had a box shipped after that. Klein makes some really solid wine. And I, it was interesting, I, in researching for this, I learned even more than I did when I was there on their tour, but there, and I knew this, that they really focus on sustainability and um, green practices, which I love, but I also learned that their Zinfandel grapes actually don't grow there in Sonoma, they grow in Oakley, California. That's where they make the sunglasses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, on some of the oldest vines in the United States. So these truly are old vines in, and it's delicious. It is. I think besides uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, I think Zinfandel is my number two favorite grape. I don't think I knew what Zinfandel was until we went on that trip. I think I thought all Zin was white Zin. <laughs> yeah, that's how Sutter Home gets you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, no, this is great. This is a, a, a really great Zen. Also, the other thing that's great about Klein is they distribute quite a bit across the United States. You could probably find their wine. The Old Vod Zen is great. Another one that is a little harder to find, but I've definitely seen it is um, their Cashmere was one that I really enjoyed. It's a red blend, but just so smooth. So good. Just like Cashmere. There you go. I will say, speaking of wide uh, distribution, part of why we have this one tonight is that it's on sale at Harris Teeter. Well, hey. So there you go. You can even I bought find a couple bottles. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Good. Because uh, we've clearly not had a drop of wine to drink since our last episode. Nope, not at all. <laughs> all right. So why don't we just jump in to our topic of the week? Sounds good. All right. Well, since our last episode, a lot has happened, uh, namely Halloween, Thanksgiving. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All of fall. The transition to a winter. <laughs> uh, lots, of, lots of things have taken place, but we are right here um, rushing towards the holiday season. And along with that comes one of your favorite things to do, Mamie, uh, buying gifts for people. I do. I love to buy gifts. And, and I love, I love to, receive to shop gifts. for gifts. So this is a great, that's why we're a good pair. Yes, but you don't like me to pick out your gifts. You like to pick out your own gifts. That's true. I usually say, here's my Amazon wish list. <laughs> that's Go less exciting, but... Yeah. So we decided we would spend some time on this episode to outline some of our ideas for great gifts for the different people on your shopping list. Yeah, and so what, we, what we've done is we've broken this into different categories of people you might want to shop for this holiday season, and knowing that you probably love board games as much as we do, 
Um, it's really exciting to share the things you love and to buy gifts that you are excited about uh, that you can share with, with other people and think about things they might like as well. Um, so what we're not doing, though, is we will not be talking about games to get for your other gamer friends. Because they, like Josh, probably buy their own games. Yeah, they know what they want. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't need your recommendations. So anyway, so we'll just go through these, these categories. And, and I'm sure a lot of you have these categories of people in your list. And maybe each of us, uh, we laid out these topics and we each chose one game that we think would be the ideal gift for these different groups of people. Um, so yep. here we go. If you could just, as you listen to this, pull up uh, Amazon or Cool Stuff Inc. on your phone and you could just start loading up your cart right now and you'll be done by the end of this episode with all your shopping. That's right. So up first on our list is the best game to purchase for the little ones. Those, This is for those six and under that are on your wish list. So Josh, what would be your pick for the little ones? Yeah, you know what's crazy about this is how I realized when we're putting this together that quickly our little ones have transitioned out of this phase <laughs> you know, uh, we were used they're to medium the, ones they're now. medium ones, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but we have spent the last few years playing games with little ones, those six and under. And the game that I think has been the biggest hit and biggest success uh, for our kids when they're small, um, and really even now, is Monza. So Monza is a Haba game, and Haba makes... Uh, they have their signature yellow box with the the red red text. Big and, shout out to Haba for the games in the six and under category. Yeah, and really, if you're unsure and you want to buy a game for a kid um, or for a parents of kids, um, Haba is a great. You probably won't go wrong with Haba. That being said, uh, we've tried a number of Haba games um, and non-Haba games, and I think Monza has been the one that our kids have really come back to. Um, they'll play. They'll grab it and play on their own. They'll ask for it to play with us. Um, and I would say, as we were playing Little Kid Games, was probably the first one that we played that I did not want to pull my hair out <laughs> while playing it. So, um, And Monza, I should say, is a German word for... Actually, I don't know what it's a German word race for. Race car? But something that has is. to do it's with racing, racing or race cars. <laughs> but essentially, um, you've got these really nice quality die that have uh, different colors on each face and and you roll them and you pick the ones you want to move around this colorful racetrack and the thing that's cool is it's simple enough for little kids but it actually does have a little bit of decision making so it's a great way for kids to think about and and learn about making choices in games um, and and doing some some sort of rudimentary decision making and those little cars are so nice those little wooden cars are cool beautiful game yeah, Monza's definitely a great pick. Um, for this one, I went a little bit more, I don't know, traditional maybe, but my best game for the little ones is My First Carcassonne. And I just really, I like that it's introducing them to the concepts that come up in another game that we really enjoy. And My First Carcassonne is a tile-laying game, but it's a lot simpler than the Carcassonne that you may be more familiar with. In this game, you lay a tile... And if there is a drawing of your color meeple on that tile and it connects to another tile, then you get to place your meeple on that road. So you're really just controlling the roads um, and not doing any of the other building. But it's really fun and our kids have really enjoyed it. They are starting to age out of it, I think. But it's a great introduction to that style gaming. Yeah, and we should mention, too, compared to regular Carcassonne, um, all the tiles fit together. So there are actually roads on every face. So the kids 
will always have a valid placement. And also everything's just a little bit bigger. The tiles are larger and a little thicker and the meeples are a little bit bigger. So really perfect for, uh, for little hands. All right. So our next category is the best game for families with kids. And this is that, like I said, middle age kids, six and up. So family games, what's your go-to? These are what we're in the thick of right now. Yeah. One thing I meant to say before we even started this was um, one criteria for all these games, and this should be an obvious one, but these are all games that are fairly easy to find that are available uh, that you could find on Amazon or Cool Stuff or in some cases even Target. All right. So families with kids, a little bit older. Um, For me, this is one that we really just recently started playing with our kids and I think is a super fun family experience, and that is Castle Panic. Uh, So the thing I like about Castle Panic is that it's a cooperative game. And so, you know, when when trying to introduce your kids to slightly more complex games, I think it's a much more fun experience for them and for everyone when you really can, as a natural part of the game, help coach them with some of the decision-making and they can more um, think things out, think their decision-making process out in the context of the game as it actually is supposed to be played. So I think the teamwork involved in Castle Panic is really great for kids that age, but also the theme is just really cool. You've got all these these monsters that are bearing down and you're trying to destroy them and um, just, just a lot of fun. We've had a great time uh, playing Castle Panic with our kids. What did you pick, Mamie? So my game is sort of collaborative. Um, my game for families with kids six and up is Catacombs. Oh, wow. Good choice. Yeah. So this is a game that we've recently started playing with our kids. And I think the dexterity aspect of it, while they're not fabulous at it, they really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And they're getting better. I can already tell. I mean, my son is definitely better than I am at, at getting his targets hit. So Catacombs is sort of like a physical version of something like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, a dungeon crawl game. And you're playing on one team against a dungeon master. In our family, it's usually me and the kids playing against Josh. And you actually have to physically, it's a dexterity game, you have to physically move either your character or weapons related to your character. You have to flick them to hit the villains in the in the dungeon space. So it's really a lot of fun that, you know, you're flicking things and trying to hit each other and it's, you know, a group taking on sort of the, uh, you know, the dungeon master and you can win uh, in lots of different ways depending on the scenario in different rooms. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit on the heavier side for this age group, but we've done it with our kids and they really enjoy it. Yeah, and I think what is great about that is we actually played this. Were you around when we played this with our game group? I don't know. I don't, Maybe you, not. I yeah, don't think I was. Yeah, so I actually broke this out with our regular game group um, a few weeks ago, and it went over pretty well. But the thing that's great about it with kids is you can completely scale it to whatever uh, ability level and skill level that your kids are at. So, you know, the number of different rooms they have to clear, the number of monsters, the number of of lives and hit points they get. Um, You can really, there are lots of ways you can modify the difficulty of the game to, to suit your kids. And I agree. They, I mean, they love flicking discs at monsters. I mean, at you, at me. Yeah. <laughs> what is not to like? Good choice. All right. So our next category, we're going to move away from the kids, and and talk about the best game to get for friends or family who maybe are new to gaming. Maybe they've shown interest in your love of gaming, or you can just tell they're the type of people um, who would probably probably like a game 
So, so Mamie, what did you pick for somebody like that? So, interestingly, my, my game choice for this is also a pseudo-collaborative game, although not really. It's really a King of the Hill game, King of Tokyo. What I like about it is that there are times and seasons in the game when you're not in Tokyo where it does feel like you're working together. Now, when you're in Tokyo, you're just, you know, uh, the target. But it's... It's not a super complex game, but it's really fun. It's pretty easy to learn. Um, the graphics are really beautiful. And I think, you know, the the characters kind of call out to people, you know, the Cthulhu is, you know, everybody's like, I want to play Cthulhu. Um, or Space Kitty. Is that right? Cyber Kitty. I think Cyber Kitty. Yeah. Cyber Kitty. Space Penguin. Got my Space animals Penguin. confused right. there for a moment. It's just really fun, and it's not too difficult to learn or to play, and I think it's something that people would be into. Yeah, that's a great choice. That's I didn't even think about that one. That's a fun one and easy to find. Uh, we played in the King of Tokyo tournament. That's right. Starcon. That was fun. It was super fun. What was your choice for this category? So mine, I hated to even pick this, but um, you know, this one is so tried and true, and I really just have never experienced anyone who didn't like playing this game when they played it, uh, and that's Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride's a classic. I mean, you can't go wrong. And you know what's crazy about Ticket to Ride is that was certainly one of one of the first few games that we purchased years ago, but I still enjoy playing it Yeah, it's pretty fun. much as much as I did back in the day. And we've played it with your family who you know doesn't play Are a lot of gamers, other games. Yeah. We've played it with, with friends, and just I have never had a bad time um, playing Ticket to Ride, except... Sometimes where at the end you get lucky and draw a card that you've already completed. It's my strategy. That route. I know. (laughs) I know. I actually considered Ticket to Ride Junior for the child category. Yeah, see, that one didn't, I feel like that one didn't connect. It wasn't as good as my first Carcassonne. That's why I didn't make the cut. All right. So this next category is let's, let's think about those friends or family. Maybe they've played the Ticket to Ride or they've played the Catan but but you can tell they're just ready to take their gaming to the next level. You see them really taking a lot of interest into your gaming collection, um, looking at the shelves when they come over to visit you. So um, so best game for friends or family who you think are ready to take their gaming to the next level. So this was really hard because there are so many different ways that I could go with this. I wasn't sure exactly even you know when we when you mentioned this category you know what we were thinking here but i think really that sort of next level of complexity game for me that we've been enjoying a lot is orleone we played it at um dice tower con and i would play it every day it's just a lot of fun it's complex it's you know that next depth but it's not difficult. And I love a good, well, I like a deck building, but in this case, it's a, a bag building, but I, I like that mechanism. Yeah. And that's a great choice. I think it's a a pretty approachable game, especially if, and I think, I think that's actually true for a lot of these games at this level and more complex. If you have someone to initially teach it to you who knows the game, um, because that happened for us at uh, Dice Tower Con with Orleon, we had um, a gentleman stop by who taught us the game, and it was so much easier to jump in. Yeah, um, I think that almost might be a caveat for this category: is that a game that you'll teach them that they'll love? Yeah, and you know that's actually a great general suggestion if you are buying a game for a friend. Is maybe you also 
maybe you also offer yourself up to, hey, let's plan a night or hey, let's plan a, a time I teach you the game. We'll play together. And and then the fun thing for them is they'll have a great time and they'll get to take it home and it's, share it with their friends. It's not just a gift, it's an experience. It's an experience. Okay, so what what about you? What did you pick for this next level? All right, well, Orleans a great choice. Um, can't believe I didn't think of that one. But I went with, I guess, another tried and true game, but I went with Castles of Burgundy. Oh, that's a really good choice. Yeah, I think this one is just a great uh, next step game if you're somebody who really liked Catan or, uh, or even Ticket to Ride. Um, I think it adds enough additional mechanisms and things to think about without being so overly complex. Um, I think that's one that's a lot of fun. I would say the only strike against Castles of Burgundy for me um, these days is there's so many um, flashier, more squeaky clean uh, production games out there. And Castles of Burgundy, uh, is a little bit of a drab look to it. Um, I think this would be actually the most ideal game I would love to see um, reprinted and reimagined <laughs> with the same great gameplay, but... Um, maybe could use a little sprucing up but but that being said it is a really fun game a really solid game one that i think a lot of folks would enjoy playing i think that's a great choice all right so for our last category this is our best overall game to purchase as a gift this holiday season and this is one that surprisingly maybe we agreed on yeah so i think for this category if you can only buy one game for somebody anybody on your list. Everybody on your Everyone list. Everyone on your list. Uh, this is the one. And this is a great choice because, one, it's cheap. It's very, very affordable. It's small. You can throw it in the stocking. It's very easy to learn. And I will say I have never met anyone, and we've introduced this game to a lot of people, who did not immediately say, well, let's play it again. And there have been very few games that we play that have had moments of both tension where nobody in the room is breathing and out loud cheering celebration yeah so what game are we talking about Mamie? we are talking about the mind the mind i think you can't go wrong buying this game for anyone on your list gamer or not gamer on your list and i guarantee you will have a fun time uh, after you you finish unwrapping the gifts or you eat the christmas meal you break out the mind Yep, it's the perfect stocking stuffer for everybody on your list. That being said, have we purchased the mine for anyone on our list? We do have an extra copy, but I don't know if we're going to give it to anybody. Uh, no, I, I have an extra one in case ours gets worn out. Maybe uh, we should order a couple. Yeah, I think I am going to get it. Yeah, we should. All right. And you know what about the mind? Uh, the price point is low enough if you needed something to take to one of those white elephant, oh, it'd be dirty perfect. Santa swap things. Most people wouldn't know what they're getting. I know. But that'd be a great, great thing you could do. All right. Well, we would love to hear from you. Uh, hopefully, this has been helpful for you to narrow down your shopping list. But we would love to hear back from you if you buy any of these games for anyone on your list or if you've got some additional ideas for what games you think would be great for those on your shopping list. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Cardboard and Wine. For show notes, links, and other fun info about the games we discuss on the show, you can visit our website at CardboardandWine.com. If you have feedback on the show or suggestions for a future show, you can send us a tweet at Board and Wine, email us cardboardandwine at gmail.com, or jump into our guild on Board Game Geek. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. It'll help new listeners find the show. All right, Mamie. Happy holidays. And until next time, cheers, cheers and, and happy, happy gaming. gaming.